Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Warm That Old Queen, a candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, the views here are purely those of the content providers and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, please let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> Old Queen. So episode five, I'm embracing this episode because it's very akin. I'm in a five zone, finally, uh, after talking about... Finally reached 50. Yeah, after talking about it for so long, I'm here. Um, And what a relief. There was one point in your party where someone had put some inflatable balloons. There was the five, there was the zero, and they placed them next to a very ornate gold mirror, which felt a bit like a zero. Mm. So I thought at one point you were 500. Well, I I am 500, but I I knock a zero off every thousand years, so... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, we had some fabulous celebrations here in Bristol, and I felt uh, very... All all over the world. Well, all over the world, obviously. (laughs) Um, But I felt very honoured and humbled and blessed and uh, and it was amazing and you jumped out of a box for me it was a uh, big fantasy uh, <laughs> to do that for you do I have to give you an allowance now that you've been presented as a present to me yes okay well, it was in the contract okay I'll, I will talk to someone who wrote that contract up and we'll negotiate that <laughs> but yeah episode five we have we now have listeners all over the world I can't believe it so we're crossing the pond to America. There's people in Australia. Hello, Australia. Um, Spain, Italy, Ghana. Mm-hmm. Bizarrely. I know. And so hello to all our... I'm waving. I like the way you're waving. Yeah, I'm waving <laughs> to the microphone. Hello to all our uh, podcast. I'd love it if fans. everyone was just waving back. <laughs> well, uh, t- can, can we all do a wave? What? One, two, three, wave. I like waving, you can't see it, but I like waving like that. It, they're like talking hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, hello to everyone around the world. Uh, thank you so much for all your support and listening to us and all the lovely comments that we've had. Um, we've got a uh, snack out of it. We've got a kinky blink. 
And we've got our Queens of Agony section. Um, Has it been called Queens of Agony before? Well, or is I've, that a new I think I, I've mentioned it in the podcast mm. uh, description. Um, but what do you think, for want of a better title? I think it's brilliant. Yeah, so Queens of Agony section. Remember, we're trying to get a book out of this, so please send all of your problems to us. And remember, a problem shared is a problem aired on this podcast. So, um, but we will always keep your anonymity uh, if we can. So... Not always possible. Uh, not always possible. <laughs> uh, so I also went to New York for I my know. 50th. Uh, a couple of weekends ago, since we recorded the last episode. And uh, that was rather fantastic, I have to say. Have you ever been to New York? Never. I've never been to America. Have you not? Well, mm. next time I go... I've been to York. <laughs> I've not been to York. So maybe uh, we should compare and contrast. <laughs> New York was was quite fantastic, really. I think it's so familiar because you've seen it in so many TV shows and films. Mm. And they obviously speak the same language as we do. So it didn't feel like I was abroad at all. It felt like I was at home, to be Mm. honest. So I'm definitely going to go back. It was my first time in America as well. Did they love your accent and your voice? Well, no one actually said that, but I'm assuming they did privately. (laughs) (laughs) Inwardly, they were like, oh. Inwardly, they they were. Um, I went to a gay bar. Mm. called Flaming Saddles, which was started by the woman who um, did the choreography for Coyote Ugly. So it was quite fantastical because you you go in there and then all of a sudden the barman will... One barman will get up and do a dance along the bar. On the bar, yeah. Yeah. And then they'll choose people at random Mm. and, uh, you know, pour... You have to bend over backwards over the bar and you, they pour... Um, and was this an evening down. event or a brunch event? It was evening. Because people are starting to perform in bars in a sort of brunch time. Yeah, so I wasn't there. I wanted to go and see a drag brunch mm. there. But there's also burlesque and things mm. like that that you can go and see. But Flaming Saddles was quite... I, I wasn't, the thing about America is that they tip absolutely everyone. Like, literally mm. everyone. Uh, which we're not used to doing yeah. over here. And I wasn't quite sure how much to tip. So I bought a round of drinks in Flaming Saddles. And it was five drinks. And I only left a $2 tip. And I should have left a, a dollar for each drink, apparently. But I, I apologise mm. uh, to the barman, who was very pretty and blonde. Mm. Uh, but then one of my group that I was with let slip to one of the staff that it was my birthday. And then that said barman got on the mic and humiliated you in public <laughs> <laughs> well it was like we got a birthday in the house and uh, where is Bernie and I um, I you know, sheepishly put my hand up and um, and he went oh it's you come over here motherfucker <laughs> and then proceeded to pour tequila down my throat but it was it was amazing because the, the, shortly after that all five of the bar staff got up and did like a routine along the bar. Is it like a lip sync routine or just It's a not a lip sync. It's more kind of country and western dancing along the bar, but they but they're all mm. kind of hot and beautiful mm. and lovely and mm. you know. It's the sort of thing that we don't get really in gay bars over here. It's kind of a, the you get a whole kind of experience there. Mm. And I quite like that. I think, mm. you yeah, know, maybe 
queer and gay uh, venues over here should try a little bit harder with that type of thing. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, the problem is that when there's entertainment or something on, like, you know, how often have we been into a pub and they're doing a pub quiz and you're like, oh, I don't want... I just wanted to chat with my mate. Yeah. So that could be a bit of a problem. Yeah, but I think it doesn't... I think some, if someone dan- is dancing on the bar, it's not too intrusive. <laughs> because, if <you> st- <laughs> because if you do want to just chat to you, mate, you can just sit in the corner and chat to yeah. them and then occasionally look over at the bar yeah. staff and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So anyway... And, and I do think probably we're probably paying them enough. Uh, probably not. Yeah, maybe we should start tipping bar staff a bit more over here. And then another part of the being in New York was I went on the Sex and the City tour. Love it. Which was fabulous. And we went all around the hotspots. Are you a Sex and the City fan? I love Sex and the City. Yeah. Do you love Sex and the City? Or I like. I, I didn't really like the movies, but I love the series. Yeah, the TV series. Yeah, I very often if. Uh, over the years, if I've ever had a problem in a relationship or dating someone or things like that, I've watched Sex in the City and there's something which pertains to mm. my problem. Well, I can sort it out. There's actually, in this performance festival in Birmingham that I've just come from, there's a, there's a project called Binge and it comes from an artist called Brian LaBelle right. where what he does is he has a big double bed and it's a one-on-one performance you sit with him and he asks you what your current problem is that you're experiencing and then he prescribes you an episode of Sex and the City and you watch it together and that episode is always somehow related to the situation that you are experiencing. So I Amazing. concur. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you finding that there's one of those characters that you're is experiencing relatable problems too <laughs> I, th- I think it depends what situation you're in I wouldn't like to define myself as a Sex in the City character no it can be slightly problematic I think I, I was think. quite Samantha when I was in New York but um, we'll save that story for another day <laughs> um, <laughs> but the woman who was, was the tour guide for this Sex in the City tour was a stand up comedian called Melissa Stokowski, mm. very New York name, and she was hilarious. I mean, I, I love the New York sense of humour. Uh, it's very British because it's quite sarcastic and dry. Mm. So, Melissa Stokowski, if you get a chance to see her in stand-up, please do because she was hilarical. And you can find her at M underscore Stokes, S-T-O-K-S, on Twitter and Instagram, I think. But anyway, I did a little interview with her when we were in Stephen Aden's bar. Do you remember Stephen Aden's bar? No. So there was a point where Stephen Aden, there were exes of two of the main characters. Yes. And they bumped into them and they just started a bar up together. Oh, okay, yeah. And so we went to the actual bar. So Aiden was the furniture... He was, yeah, the woody kind of guy. Mm. He did all all Mm. the carpentry Mm. and stuff like that. Anyway, I did a little interview with her, so I'm going to play it now. Lush. And, um, and, uh, yeah, have a listen. So, I'm with Melissa Stokowski. Mm-hmm. I'm Nailed w- it. And we're, uh, we're on the Sex and the City tour in New York. We're currently in Steve and Aiden's bar. Um, 
I recommend going on this tour to anyone who's listening. Uh, it's hilarious. So, Melissa's hilarious. How did you get into doing this? Um, actually, I do stand up, and someone saw me do stand up at a club and asked me if I'd be interested in a day job, and I was like, sure. And uh, it was actually not too long after I moved to New York. I guess it's been a little longer than I thought, because it was kind of like I was learning the city as I was learning the tour and everything. So it was kind of a wild experience and like introduction into New York. Are you like a Sex in the City Uber fan? Yeah. Yes. So, well, it shows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? I mean, do you get like really crazy fans coming on the tour? Like they're dressed as the characters. Oh yeah. I mean, what's your funniest story about that? Um, one time I did a private tour, which is kind of fun. Like we get a limo, and it's just like one group. And one girl was getting married at a bachelorette party, and they all wore like full-on bridesmaids dresses, like not the ones for her wedding, but like literally it could have been. And we just walked around, they were like in their heels. And one girl, um, I guess they were not like the most expensive heels. They were very cute, but her shoe just like fully collapsed into itself. Like the heel got fucked up. So I was running around trying to go to different uh, like delis and bodegas, trying to find like super glue to glue this chick's like shoe back together, so it didn't like ruin her entire day it was wild i mean you really just kind of have to be like ready for literally anything of course <laughs> fashion emergencies regular emergencies it's yeah it's wild <laughs> that's great melissa you've been hilarious thank you so thank much you. For the tour. thanks it's for brilliant. coming that was like alexander burke i can do it i can do it even bro- in broken heels <laughs> have you ever had any heel disasters yeah i have actually breakages stuck in holes in drains just uncomfortable I need to find a comfortable pair of high heels and I've never managed it I can't last more than about half an hour in high heels really well it's probably mm. longer than I I can mm. last I'm not too bad in walking I, I can't do a very big heel <laughs> but I've uh, I I can do heels but I can, I went home drunk once after a party because you I was, surprised me I was <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm usually teetotal. Um, but, uh, and on that note, fill my glass up with wine. Thank you. And um, I was chatting to someone about wearing heels, and I just thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy some because I haven't, you know, I, I don't have a pair of heels that I can wear. So I, I bought these fantastic, really silvery, seven-inch heels. God. I nearly that was broke, a bad idea. I broke my ankle trying to wear mm. them on my uh, laminate mm. floor in my flat. Mm. Uh, I, li- I can just about stand up in them. Mm. <laughs> anyway, well, let's move on after after heels, darling. Mm. Let's move on to um, Schnack out of it. Oh yeah, I've got two courses for you today. Wow. Um, I should cancel dinner. Well, I'm not sure you should cancel dinner just yet. Uh, but let me let me dig them out of my bag. Um, you know I like a puff yes don't you I've heard that yeah so um, we for our first course we've got um, some coconut and rice puffs mm. so uh, and I've got two flavours I've got cheese flavour because I love a cheesy puff yeah and uh, Thai chilli no barbecue I know you don't like barbecue no. so I, I skipped the barbecue for this um, what, what would you like to try? Cheese, I think. Yeah. You try the cheese. Are they healthy? 
They're health food. They look yeah. like they're from a health food shop. So they are from a health food shop. So they're vegan, no added sugar. Smell uh, that. Ooh, very cheesy. cheesy. Yeah. Uh, not fried, um, but free from something, gluten, I imagine. It just says free, free from. Uh, added coconut oil and a source of fibre. And these are made by Ape. Um, and it contains no monkey business. Yes, I like that. But there's uh, a monkey advertising that it contains no monkey business. Really? Or at least a monkey's tail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they've got a little monkey in the ape. Um, well, it's an ape. It's an oxymoron. It's, it's an ape, not a monkey. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Do apes have tails like that? No, I think only monkeys do, don't they? <laughs> apes are like us. They don't have tails. Mm. Although some humans do. I wish I had a tail. I would love a tail. I'd have a big horse's one. I would like a bushy one, like a um, like a squirrel. <laughs> and I'd like it to wag every time I saw someone I loved or liked or fancied. That could be him. Embarrassing. <laughs> well, could be embarrassing or could be really nice. <laughs> um, what, what do you think? I love the cheese puffs. and coconut ones. Those try um, try a Thai chili. They're not very hot for chili. They've got a sort of twang of washing up liquid about them. <laughs> I think most Thai food does. Don't you? What? <laughs> what some, <Just> really? <laughs> some Thai food, yeah, it just kind of, t- there's a little aftertaste of, I think it's it's some kind of spice that they put in it, which, which makes Well, maybe it, they're just not rinsing, rinsing their dishes. <laughs> not rinsing their dishes. I mean, I quite like the Thai chilli. Um, but the cheese ones are good. The cheese ones are really mm. good. So what I would like to do is just stop recording and just eat the whole packet. <laughs> well, I'm just... I think we should eat the whole packet while we're recording anyway. Um, what I would like to do, because I like a puff, mm. um, I think we should do a taste test Oh yeah, on some puffs where we don't know what they are. Mm. And maybe one time we have a glamorous assistant come in and help us with the podcast. Yeah. Um, and we can try some some puffs and see which ones are our favourite like a blind test and we'll see which ones are the best I once broke into a vegan festival <laughs> cut up a marathon bar right and put it on a place and pretended it was a vegan delight <laughs> did you offering it for, to people for a taste test <laughs> did you get funding for that <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a purely uh, anarchic uh, idea that I had. It was a, okay, uh, what did they think? Well, it was any one bar, so it didn't go very far, but right. people enjoyed the... Yeah. Well, Mars Bar's vegan, isn't it? Probably. Well, it was a marathon. No. No, it's probably not, yeah. is it? Oh, dear. Mm. Did you fess up to them that they might have been eating cow's milk? No. <laughs> this okay. is the, the confession. Okay. <laughs> so here is the public apology from Tom Marshman to anyone who ate non-vegan Mars bars. I think it, being vegan is a little bit of a minefield. While I condone what people do, 
I think it is still quite difficult to to have something which is non kind of animal based. Yeah, in restaurants it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Although they keep they they seem to be doing it more and more and more. I'm not a big fan of vegan cakes, and people go, "Oh, you're not trying the right cake." But I've never tried the right cake, right? Because I love butter. Yeah, and that's really sadly missing. Like a vegan flapjack. I love flapjacks. Well, one of some of our favourite listeners works for a company called R Toots in Bristol, and they make divine cakes, and they do a fantastic vegan chocolate cake. So maybe we can try. I'm going to challenge. I want to present them with a challenge. If they Mm. can come up with a weird and wonderful Mm. cake for us, we will feature it in Snack Out of It. Mm. Uh, anyway, we've got we've got two courses today. Yeah. So this is definitely not vegan. Uh, this is a bug bar. So it's milk chocolate with mealworms. What are mealworms? <laughs> Did you hear my stomach? I just, weird, stomach. <laughs> are you just about to vom? I think it was that with in anticipation um, rather than repulsion. The reason why we've got two courses today is because I thought I was getting two of these mealworm bars, but they only sent me one. Oh, okay. So, um, but we can share this. So a mealworm, is that what you, if you were a fisherman, is that what you would use? Yeah, but they're kind of, they're edible. You can actually, so like the insects Mm. that we had uh, before, Mm. like the crickets, they're offering mealworms now as a... A protein alternative for humans mm. and you can you can buy the mealworms themselves and I nearly bought a packet of mealworms and then cooked them into something which maybe I'll do for a future episode mm. and we can try them but you can actually eat them kind of out of the packet with a gin and tonic with a gin and tonic hopefully <laughs> um, <laughs> or anything else like any other kind of cocktail that you want or a glass of wine mm. um, but the these are in a kind of Embedded into a bar of chocolate. I didn't think we were going to get the full mealworm experience. No, but um, we might get some. So let's. Shall we try it? Yeah. This, this is this is made by Bug Bars, and it's wild on your taste buds. Apparently. So I'm ready. Okay. For a wild experience. <laughs> Be ready for a wild experience. The mealworms don't seem to be very big in this. I guess they're not very big in general. No, there's not many of them. Mm. They're more like a garnish, aren't they? Mm. And chocolate's nice. Mm. It's like a sort of... It reminds me of a chocolate that you get in an advent calendar. Yeah. Which has got a bad reputation, but I really like it because... I really like it. Do you know mm. what I really, used to really like when I was a kid was that you used to get that really cheap chocolate. Mm, I love cheap chocolate. Made made out of made into shapes of DIY things mm. like a saw or mm. a, a spanner and things like that. Yeah, I, I used to love that. Yeah, it is akin to that. Mm. Can we do a snack attack with an advent calendar? I think we should do several. Yeah, Christmas is coming. I'm excited already. Yeah. We're, we're already going to have. A I've already started watching Christmas films. It's just like <laughs> too much. The only Christmas film that I like to watch is um, Scrooge. 
like a, a Christmas Carol. Do you what? relate to the characters in that? I've always related. <laughs> uh, I feel like I am Ebenezer Scrooge. But yeah, so Christmas is coming. Yeah, but so we'll, maybe we'll do a compare and contrast advent calendar. But we've got to get in there quick, actually, because did you see that there's some high honourable lady in the House of Lords or something mm. that is trying to ban snacking? What? Especially snacking on public transport. So they're going to try and stop you having snacks on a train. Well, you know what she needs to do? Have a break, have a Kit Kat. Snack out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, on that note, we are going to have a little break there. (laughs) And uh, we'll be back after this. So we're back, and um, we're going to have our regular feature, A Kinky Blink. Oh, yeah. And what I'd like us to discuss today Mm. is um, threesomes. Brilliant. Because... Is it specifically threesomes or, like, orgies? Well, I mean, we can touch on orgies as well. I'd like touching on orgies. Touching on orgies. We all like to touch in an orgy situation. But uh, threesomes, how do you feel about threesomes? Like, I haven't had loads of threesomes. I've had a few, fair few. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit of anxiety attached to a threesome, I think, because you feel like, probably a really obvious thing to say, but you feel like you might be the one that ends up watching Take the High Road with a sound down. Hello, Victoria Woodsketch. Yeah. Yes. So, well, that's what I'd like to discuss, because I think, you know, I think there's ways of having a good threesome. Well, you've got to be the person that's offering the thing that the others can't. Well, maybe, or um, I think it's it's about how you set up the threesome and how you present it, because I've, I've had a few in my, in my day. You can have really bad threesomes. I think... It, what you need to do right from the off is make sure that everyone involved is up for it. Mm. Because if there's one person who isn't, mm. then you do end up watching Take the High Rope and mm. Sound Down. <laughs> mm. Do you Not think it's best other. to be like the single person that comes into a, you know, an established relationship so that you're the, the special invitee, if you know what I mean? Um, possibly. I don't know. I think... The way of having a good threesome is everybody getting a go, uh, you know, and, and making sure everyone feels involved in it. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's there. You're treating each other equally, so it's not just two people getting off with each other and the other one watching. Although that that's happened to me before, where I had a boyfriend who was quite voyeuristic and, and liked to watch. So, but that was his thing. So it wasn't particularly awkward. Mm. But I think it can be awkward if somebody else is suddenly feels like the spare part and is not into it. So how- My um, dearest friend, Claire Thornton, who passed away in May, when I went to visit her last year, she had in her bathroom like a little... Well, it's actually a pencil case, mm. but, it, but she was using it as a makeup bag. Right. And on the makeup bag, uh, it says, um, Pen orgy here later. <laughs> pencils welcome as well <laughs> and she gave it to me saying that she knew how much I liked it yeah. and it would make me chuckle so yeah. I use it 
a lot. And Good. Think of her and also <laughs> so you use it in threesomes. So how would you set up a a threesome, as it were? Oh, well, I suppose I would. Yeah, try and do the things that you have talked about, which is making sure that everyone is up for it. Also, yeah, just sort of selfishly making sure that that I would be a valued member of the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you need to choreograph it well. And I think the setup, so if you're, if you're a couple inviting a third or there's two of you who are single that have sex with mm. each other and you're having a third person in... Uh, then I think if I think the best way to do it is set it up so that you know you can come in, maybe have a drink, listen to some music, mm. a bit of chit chat, and then kind of titillate with each other before you get down to the real nitty gritty. Yeah, uh, I know a friend who who went to a threesome once, and he, he turned up at this couple's house, and they were already in bed. It was in their PJs and stuff. That's not sexy. No, it's not sexy at all. And and uh, I think that he ended up leaving um, because it wasn't because he didn't have his PJs. He didn't, have he didn't his... say bring a bring a bring a set of PJs. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Well, there was no kind of titillation there beforehand. It was mm. like here we are, we're in bed, let's start. Mm. And and I think especially if it's strangers, I think you need to. Well, it can be very perfunctory, can't it? Yeah. When you're just like presented with where it's. The gonna happen and and how yeah you're following some kind of guidelines and it just yeah it should feel a bit more spontaneous I guess yeah I mean yeah you can set it up or it can be spontaneous but I think Mm. if it is spontaneous then again you need to make sure that everybody is kind of up for it and and you're including everyone and choreographing it quite Mm. well and I think with threesomes it doesn't necessarily have to be hardcore either it can be quite vanilla Mm. And it still be quite sexy. Mm. Certainly, if it's like the first time you've done it with with certain people. Mm. But I don't know. Have you have you had any threesome disasters? I've had like an experience where one of them, like because I think they stayed over, and one of them just fell asleep. But that was fine, you know, because we just so it wasn't really a threesome. Yeah. It was a... Um, so it's like you had sex with, with someone, someone else asleep. in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's Which also happened. can be quite hot. Yeah. Because you're worried if they're going to wake yeah. up or not and catch yeah. you. And what happens when that happens? Yeah. Do, you, do you stop or do they join in? And mm. Yeah, so that can also be quite exciting. Mm. But if, if your intention is to have three or more involved, mm. then... Aim for that. Aim for... <laughs> <laughs> but it's not everybody's cup of tea, is it? It's probably not my cup of tea, actually. It could be, but it's not. It's not something that I've really sought after. No, um, I think it's quite a nice thing to do occasionally. I don't think I'd want to mm. do it all the time. Mm. But also, it can be very hot. It's like a special treat. I had a situation where a few people came back to this flat after a sort of boozy night out. Mm. Um, one of them was like a married couple, so. A, a man and a woman, mm. and then another guy, and then there was me, and the whole situation, it just felt like a, kind of like a weird, twisted Alan Akeborn play, <laughs> which actually involved quite a lot of um, discussion around class, oh. because one of the guys was like very kind of aristocratic, 
and then the woman was very working class but kind of aspirational and they both kind of managed to get a lot of money from working very hard right and i was just i guess i was just really curious to know how this situation was going to pan out and nothing really happened to me that much that with that situation but there was right. a big row oh. around class <laughs> okay <laughs> which was a th- a different kind of threesome, I suppose. Well, yes, <laughs> a different kind of menage a trois. Yeah. Um, what do you think about throuples? What's that mean? Well, like people who are actually in like a three-way relationship. Oh, well, I can imagine that would be quite cute, really. I, I, I kind of, I've never been in a throuple, mm. but I kind of, as relationships go, I imagine it would be quite a nice thing to do because, uh, you know, there's something for everyone <laughs> in mm. many respects. So if you if one of you doesn't feel like going out that night, mm. the other two can, mm. um, and vice versa. Where does everyone sleep? Because a double bed is too small. Well, I, you'd need a, like a super king, wouldn't you? Mm. If everyone's sleeping in the same bed together, I or, mean, I like that idea. Or you know, you could have separate rooms, or mm. you know, I've I've known a, th- like a few couples that have lived as a thruple a few times because they've had an extra person come into their lives and live mm. with them. And it's worked out really well for them. So it's an interesting alternative, isn't it, to... Well, also, that it makes me think about, like, when you're, li- when you're having relationships with people that live in different cities. Yeah. Like, imagine having a relationship with someone in London and New York. Mm. I think that would be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but, well, that's more like a polyamorous relationship. Unless yeah, but you could all get together. Yeah, as long as everyone was comfortable in getting together. Yeah. I can imagine that in that situation, there would be, you'd have to have a lot of diary meetings. you probably need some kind of Google meetup. <laughs> some kind of, like, software to help you. Yeah, to make sure that you were all available at the right yeah. time. But that's, you know, that's just life, isn't it? Mm. In the 21st century, really. We, have, mm. we need a Google meetup. Thing for everything, so why not your sex life? <laughs> anyway, that's Kinky Blink, that's threesomes. I have some questions for us oh, in yeah. our Queens of Agony section, mm-hmm. which uh, I've just decided to call it. And uh, oh, this one might actually pertain to what we've been talking about in a way, but maybe not. Um, dear old Queens. Me and my partner have been together for a number of years now, and we love each other very much. However, our sex life has tailed off in recent years. I think we still fancy each other, but our physical fulfilment isn't hitting the spot for either of us. What can we do to put the excitement back in our bedroom activities? And that's from, I can't find any more knitting patterns in Cleethorpes. Um... (laughs) What do you reckon? What will inject some excitement into the sexual... I mean, it's very hard to maintain a sort of active, fun sex life when you've been with someone for that long, really. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming they're monogamous. Mm. So actually, maybe having a threesome might spice it up for them. Yeah, I mean, you might... They might have... It's interesting because they haven't really said that, have they? That, that, no. that they would have 
wonder whether they would have already explored that avenue because that would be the first. Yeah. Well, if they haven't, then I think that might be a first step. Yes. If they're both agreeable to yeah. that. Because it could be that one of them is one of them is actually quite happy not having a physical relationship anymore. Yeah, so it's more companionship. Yeah. Yeah, and I know gay couples that that do that. They've mm. been together for a long time. They have separate bedrooms. Mm. They don't want to split up with each other, but they're quite mm. happy as ha- having a companion relationship mm. financially and mm. all the other things which help out with that. But then they are polyamorous because they they go off and have sex with other people. Mm. And that's where they get their sexual fulfillment from. Mm. And also they don't have to they didn't necessarily have to um, involve each other with that. They could just go off and explore their own yes. desires yes, as independent people. Exactly. But also that might spark their own mm. sexual desire. I've known couples that go off and have sex with other people and then they come back and tell the partner. And, and that's that, pretty that, hot for them. Yeah, and mm. then that sparks them having yeah. sex and quite... I think also with sex as well is if you haven't had it for a long time, then your desire for it diminishes. Mm. So you just become less and less interested. Do you think so? In my experience, that's true. Yeah. If I have sex, then I I want to have it again quite soon. Mm. Also, I think it's uh, perfectly valid to not want to have sex as well. Of course, yeah. I don't think that's what he's saying, though. No. I think he's saying that he still wants it. So, yeah, finding different ways to do it would be best, probably. What else could they do, do you know, as a couple, if they didn't want to open it out to other people? Um, I think we're getting into Pup Mask and Phantom of the Opera Mask territory again, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just, it feels like, it feels like we need a longer version of this letter. Yes. Because it's it, it doesn't say that much, really. So it could be about trying new things. Yeah. You could do a little bit of role play. Mm. Um, you could pretend to be different people. Mm. Maybe, so making out that you don't know each other. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, I think we talked about masks the last mm. episode. And you know, maybe putting on a mask or a different costume or p- pretending to be someone else mm. might free you up sexually mm. in order to uh, have a bit more fun with your partner. Mm. Also, yeah, could they just go on holiday? They could, they could just go on holiday. Like, if you're in a self... Like, not self-catering, all-inclusive resort, mm. there's nothing else to do. Than have sex? Yeah. <laughs> Are you so on? I've never been on an all inclusive resort. I know you have because mm. you've based a whole performance mm. around this. Are you allowed to leave the resort? Is it or is it <laughs> is it like a concentration camp? No, you can leave the resort, uh, right? Yeah, okay. and they actually provide trips for you to for you to leave the resort, right? Yeah, so okay. I've been on a couple. I went, I went with uh, with a partner at the time to um, Marrakesh. Mm. Um, I actually didn't like Marrakesh at all, so I only left the resort a couple of times. Okay. Uh, Sometimes in uh, cultures where it's very, very different, uh, I think you feel quite safe in a resort. Yeah, because we got stuck in our little Brit party, and so we were all just, like, mingling together in the evenings, chatting, Um, and the kind of outside world felt very strange, and... 
Well, because of the way I look, which is totally different from the kind of the the people that live there. Yeah. I was being like cornered and being like, of course. oh, David Bowie and like mm. weird like ideas around who I was. Um, I got uh, when I went to Sri Lanka, they told me I looked like Bobby Ewing. It was a long time ago, <laughs> and I have more hair, but you know. Um, yeah, it's with the Bobby had the curly hair. I've, yeah, yeah, my hair's quite curly. Mm. Well, it was when I, when I had more of it. And he's the one that died and then came back. Woke in up the in the shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I often wake up in the shower, and the last six months was a dream. Um, so, <laughs> but that's interesting as well because I th- also think uh, going on holiday and having a threesome is probably a very safe thing to do. Mm. What stays it's, on the resort? Yeah, what goes on in the and also it's as, if you're a, if you're a couple and you're inviting a stranger in, it's probably less awkward mm. than if it was someone in your hometown and mm. that you knew. I mean, what do you think about that? It's, it, is it better to have someone you know and you feel relaxed with, or is it better to have a stranger? I would think it would be better with a stranger. Yeah. I don't know. I think it, I think it could be good equally, but again, it depends on who it is. Yeah, it depends and as long as it's the, yeah. not going to be awkward mm. afterwards. Then. I think communication is key, as always. Yeah. As always. Anyway, I'll move on to our next uh, question. Dear old queens, I often find myself pondering the cosmic mysteries, particularly those of the cosmos. I mean, is that like? There's a word for that, isn't it? Because you're kind of saying the same thing in the same sentence. Um, do you think there is life on other planets? Might there be gay aliens? And would they sleep with me? And that's from, I think I've been anally probed in Bogner. What's a gay alien called? <laughs> a galian? Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> wow. Th- this is quite philosophical. What do you think about alien life? I don't really think about it that much, but now you're forcing me into a corner. I, I would, Quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that I would, would believe that to be true. Well, when you, think, when you look up at the night sky and there's so many stars, and mm. I mean, there's billions, and there's potentially you know, billions and billions of planets, there's got to be life out there, isn't there? I mean, that's interesting that they always... When you, when they're presented to you in films or books or whatever, they usually represent some kind of version of a human form, mm. which is slightly arrogant, really, for us to assume that. It is a bit arrogant, yeah. I don't know. Would you have sex with an alien? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Or like a Klingon. I've got a little Klingon kind of fetish. What is a Klingon? I thought a Klingon was when it... A little, you did a poo and it stuck to you. <laughs> We're not talking about piles again. Um, I'm talking about Star Trek. Yeah, I'm sure there's gay aliens. If there's gay humans and gay animals, there's going to be gay aliens, aren't there? But how do we tap into them? I don't know. I mean, it's about bloody time they made themselves known, isn't mm. it? In a fabulous way. Mm. Uh, like, the, like, flying saucers have loads of lights on. They should just come down, playing disco, mm. and we all join them in a field in some fantastic kind of love fest what do you reckon yeah i'm up for that yeah i've got friends that are doing a project called i don't know i think it's called like 20 years of life on mars 
And so they're expe- they're like researching the possibility of living on Mars, right. us humans, really. Mm. Has Mars? Have they said that there's no life form on Mars? Um, so this is interesting because um, it looks like there used to be life on Mars because life uh, Mars used to be very similar to Earth at one stage. Okay, in the past, is that the origin of my surname? It's the origin of your. Surname. Marshman, Martian. Yeah. I think you are from Mars. What, how do you feel about that? I'm just pleased to be representing that community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alien, human, alien-human hybrid. You know, everyone's they, uh, welcome. They don't have that box to tick. Well, I know, and that's, that's what I want. I mean, you can tick a Jedi box now, but I want alien-human hybrid box. <laughs> Um, because I sometimes don't feel like I belong here either. Mm. Uh, would, would they have sex with this person, do you think? Why don't they get into a... What are those circles called? Where, oh, a crop circle. A crop circle. I would just, like, hang around naked or in a thong in the centre of a crop circle and see what happens. Yeah, and I would do it at, like, the spring or autumn equinox or... Um, spring or the summer solstice summer solstice yeah yeah so it's warm yeah wait for an alien to come and um, anally probe you (laughs) or or whatever they like to do I mean their sexual kind of act might be very different from ours that's true might be a bit scary you might just touch hands and feel ecstasy a la Barbarella or something well that would make it a whole lot easier (laughs) And a whole less messy, let's face it. <laughs> anyway, on that note... Be a bit, please keep us informed uh, yeah, pl- of your if, progress. If any of you have had sex with an alien, please do um, like, share and subscribe uh, to our podcast. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean and Stitcher now. I love Stitcher because it has an LGBTQ plus section rather than a vague section that everybody else has. And uh, But you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, or email us via our website, whatthatoldqueen.com. But let us know if you've had sex with an alien or an alien experience. Mm. I mean, I want to hear about this stuff. Don't you? Totally. Yeah. And if any of those aliens have some outlandish snacks that they could share with us, that's also... Or a kinky act. Yeah. I mean... What are they snacking at? I don't know. What are they snacking out of? <laughs> um, uh, you know, maybe what what kind of kinks do aliens have as well? Is having sex with an alien a king? Is there an alien mask that you can wear instead of a pup mask? I think that's already happening. I'm sure. <laughs> Is it happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the world. I knew I was being anally proud. <laughs> um, okay, and on that note, we shall leave you. Uh, for this episode of What That Old Queen. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Tommy. Goodbye, Tommy. (laughs) Goodbye. You have been listening to What That Old Queen presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges in October 2019 for HodgePodge Casting. You can contact the Old Queens by email on hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.